just, I want today we're going to talk about a gospel-centered community. What does a gospel-centered community look like? There's a community of believers that most of us call it the church, but, but now I think the word church is kind of just broad, but I want to bring it down is when everyone gives his or her life to Jesus, they become the member of the body of Christ. Amen? You become part of his body. And what happens is this body or this church is not this building, it's not a denomination. It's not an institution. It's a living, active organism made up of different members, fully dependent on the head, which is Christ. He's the head of this church. You know, how many of you know that when you come to serve God and you meet him and you begin to walk in a love relationship with Jesus, all of a sudden things begin to change around you. And when they change, it's not be, you know, there's some people that are so locked into their institution or their denomination. God can't move unless he goes through the denominational doors and the institutional doors. But I I just want to let you know, God loves blowing those doors out. Amen? And so this morning, what I want to do is I just want to talk to you, you know, because Christ is, is no longer on the earth in a visible way, but the church is a representation of who he is. And that means, in, and who is the church? That's us. That we represent him. And all that we do and how we live and the decisions we make, we represent Christ to this world. The world so, they, so people can see him and understand what he's like. You see, Jesus declares for us to be committed to one another just as he committed to us. How many of you know Jesus was committed? He was so committed, he was willing to give his entire life. Not parts and pieces. There wasn't like, well, we'll do this and we'll do that. God, Jesus said, look, all of me. And that's what God expects from all of us. All of us. Are y'all with me this morning? This morning, I I just want to... I want to just, I want to stop and I want to pray and I want you to put your seatbelt on this morning because we're going to go on a journey and I believe the Holy Spirit wants to speak to you. He wants to challenge you. He wants to stir you and, and sometimes we can get in a place of complacency. Hello. How many of you ever just been at a place where you just feel like you're in a stupor? It's like before you had your morning coffee. You know what I'm talking about? You don't know where, which way is what and what direction you're going. And, and so I just want to pray. Father, this morning I ask that you would come and you would just bring, you would just bring a hunger and a longing and a thirst in your people today, in all of us, to know you, to pursue you, but to obey you, to see your life working in us and working to reach other people. I just pray nothing less than you just come, Holy Spirit, and glorify Jesus and lift him up. You said if you be lifted up that you would draw men to yourself. It's not about me drawing people to me and what I say, God, this morning. It's about what we say and what we do and we point right back to you because you're the source of all life. You're the source of all hope. You're the source of everything that we need. And we just thank you for that. If you believe that, say, I believe it. Jesus said the world will know you. You are my followers that you would have love for one another. Or that word really love means loyalty one to another. We must no longer think in terms of me, but we. Amen? And see, 
There was an old preacher one time, he was saying, you know, he said, you know, fire won't last with just a single coal. That's why you need a fire, you need to bring many coals together because that's that, what will happen is that fire will last longer because there's lots of coals around that. And just like for us, is the body of Christ, if it's just one standing alone, you can only last so long. But if we're all together, come on, that, that may, we make a mighty fire. It's just like someone, if you need rest from the, or shade from the sun or, or from the elements outside, you know, it's better to have not just one tree, but you have a grove of trees that you can get under. If it's lightning, go find somewhere else to go. But anyway. But what happens is we know that there's safety. We feel safe in those moments when there's more than one together. Too many Christians are leaning and falling. Not because of the intensity of the storm, but it's because of the weakness of their own foundation. See, what happens is there's a lot of times that we come out of church or we come out of religion or we come out of an institution and we really don't know where we stand and who we really are in Christ. That he's the foundation that we stand upon. It's not, it's not that institution. It's not that it's our love relationship and the power of God that God is able to deliver us no matter what we've been. How many of you can say this? You know, Pastor Bubba, I was, I was messed up before I knew Jesus. Or I'm here this morning because I am messed up and I need Jesus. Or, Pastor, I don't know where I am, but I'm here. Okay? See, the, the most important thing for us, let me just lay down the foundation. What Paul talks about in 2 Corinthians, and he just goes in chapter 5, verse 14 and 15, and he says, either way, Christ's love controls us. Since we believe that Christ died for us, for all, for all, we also believe that we have all died to our old life. In other words, he's saying that it is Christ died for us, that we came to know Jesus. We came and we had an encounter with him, a power encounter. I realized that I couldn't live my way. I did my best and I knew where it got me. It got me lonely, depressed. I, I didn't have power in my life to make decisions. But when I met him, all of a sudden that old Bubba died. Now, he tries to resurrect himself out of the grave every once in a while, and the Lord has to help me to keep him down there. Amen. Come on. But he's saying, that old is no longer part of you, even though it tries to come out and grab you, and it does sometimes. Come on. Okay, let me ask you, how many of you have had the old self of you try to get up out of you and kind of, when you get in a situation, you want to get fashed? If you don't know what fashed means, mad in French, Okay. And so what happens, we know that there's that struggle inside, but he said he died for everyone so that those who receive his new life will no longer live for themselves. Listen to what it says. Instead, they will live for Christ who died and was raised for them. There's no more selfishness in the heart of the Christian who understands the love of Christ. It's, it's, it's a controlling power of the love of God. That Paul was overwhelmed by God's love for him. I should be, and you should be overwhelmed by God's love for you. Like when you feel an insecure in how you look or how you feel, God loves you. He demonstrated his love toward you while you were doing your own thing. That Christ died for you and he died for me. That rescue from my mess and rescue you from your mess. Church is not about just having a good little message and having a good laugh. It's about serving Jesus to my fullest capacity that I love him. And I just, I remember a girl came, we were sitting around the table. She goes, you know, I never knew. I never knew. I grew up in church all my life. I knew God loved me, but I never knew that I was supposed to love him back. It's kind of sad. That's pretty much where the church is at. See, the most important thing is not just knowing what to do. 
It's hearing what God's speaking to you and to obey it. This morning, I was walking my, my dogs around. I actually have two. And my a little puppy, his name's Bubba. He's like, come on, he's all right. I just call myself, I see myself in him all the time. But I was walking them around the block this morning, and I was just praying, God, what is it that you want me to do? What is it you want me to do? God, I was just saying, God, what is he want? And God just said, I want you to do what I sent you to do. I want you to reach people for my kingdom. That's what I want you to do. If you have a bad self-identity and you don't know what you're supposed to do, ask God. God, what do you want me to do? And I was just reminded, you know, I could have had a pity party this morning. You know, you never know. Let me just say, as a pastor, sometimes you don't know the weight that a pastor carries. And that's why a pastor needs to be on his knees because he feels the weight of the cross. He feels the weight of people. It's funny talking to Zach now because now he's pastoring people in Crowley. He's responsible. And he's like, man, dad, I've changed in three weeks. I said, well, God, that's only three weeks, son. Just wait till it's three years. There's just something happens. And so let's go back to the word here. See, we all have this in common. How many of you know that we've all sinned? Okay, four of us have. The rest of y'all pray for the rest. Okay, how many of you have all blown it? Okay, how many of you really blew it? I mean, you just partied it out. Okay, we, so that means we all blew it. We all got our little crazy stories. and We got all that we all rebelled against God. How many of you are talking about? Not only did we do that, but see, every one of us in this room is guilty. All of us need we all have a need of righteousness. We can only be, we all have a, we need for a righteousness or to have been cleansed. And it's only found in Christ. That you know what? When he, come and he, when he came and he took me and he took you, he took away guilt. He took away shame. And he brought forgiveness. The Bible says in 1 first, in first John that he comes and he cleansed us from all unrighteousness. That means it's like just as if you never did. He justified us just as if it never happened. Isn't that a great, that God gives you a clean slate? But the, see, here's the thing. The devil's the one to remind you of your past. But you need to remind him of his future. Hello? So many times, oh, you know, you can't, you know, well, let me I just tell you, you know where you're going. Can I just say it? H-E double hockey sticks, bro. And I ain't going with you. Let me just stick to the notes, but I will get off of them here in a minute. We're controlled by his love. No longer we live for ourselves, but we live for him. I wrote a quote this week. I put it on Facebook, and I'm going to read it this morning. It says, without power, the gospel is not the good news. We owe the world an encounter. See, you know what excites me living in the last days? We're fixing to have some power encounters like never before. And God doesn't look at the mighty. God doesn't look at the big. God looks at those that love him with all of his heart and trust him. Those that are, that are preparing their hearts, stewarding their minds, preparing and going, God, I, I just want to be used. I want to use, I want you, I want to be used for your kingdom. I don't, it's not about me and my recognition. It's about you and you getting glory and you getting honor. You know, you see, what gospel-centered community looks like. See, what Jesus modeled really matters. Don't you believe that? Whatever he modeled while he was here on this earth, it really matters. 
And so that's what I want to talk about, what gospel-centered community looks like. Number one, it looks like this. It's connected to others. First John, I just quoted it. It just says this. You're connected. You need to be connected, just like a Lego, connected. He says, but if, if, if we are living in the light as God is in the light, then we have fellowship with each other, and the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from all unrighteousness. Here's the question. Are you walking in the light? Are you walking in the light? How, you know, look at me. You know how much light you, can, you allow in your own heart? How many of you remember Noah? The ark. Okay? Remember there was a window in the ark, right? And that window represented how much light no one wanted to allow in the ark. You see, the reality is, is that you and I are like this. God brings his safety, puts us in the ark of his love. In the ark of his power. But it's up to us to open up the window to see how much light we're going to let in. Does that make sense? You see, sometimes we go, well, I'm just going to let so much. Ooh, that's a little much. And God's saying, you know, it's like what we need to be doing. You ever go to a dark room and it's like it's just dark, dark, dark. And they have curtains and everything. You just open up and light. You see, some of us, we're like, well, I don't know much. See, the question is, how much light are you allowing? God's allow- God gives you the opportunity to allow how much light you really want in your life. Hello, are you with me this morning? You see, we walk in the light of God. We're not walking alone, but we're walking with others. And, and see... We're walking with each other. We're walking with other people. But here's the thing. It's, it, 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 we gotta, see, when Jesus called the 12 together, he gave us an example that we are not meant to walk alone. Romans 12 says, like, just as our bodies have many parts, each part has a special function. So it is in Christ's body. We are many parts of one body. And we're all, we, we, uh, and we all belong to each other. Here's the question. Look around the room. Do you see anybody that looks as good looking as you do? See anyone with the exact skills, the set, or the abilities? And you're going, no, they, they, none of that. nobody looks as good as I do. We're all different. And it's not an accident that we're different. That, that's, he's created us, and that's why he's put us together, because we're all different, and we need each other. Just like if you cut your finger off, and it's no longer useful to your body, so it is when you cut yourselves off from the community of believers. Well, I just don't, every time I open up my heart, and then people just step on me and crush me, and here, let me ask you, have you opened up your heart again? Some of you are such an island, we don't even know what's going on. Man, it's real quiet. Either there's conviction or y'all somewhere else. But here's the thing. The sad thing is, is that, you know, the Bible says we belong to each other. We connect together to form his body. My strength connects to your weakness. And can I just say, and while someone else's strength connects to my weakness. It's, it's just like that. It's like playing Legos. A Lego by itself just can't stand someone. But you begin to connect them. You can build things better and stronger if they're connected right. And here it is. You're like that piece. And God's going, will you let me just put you into the body? And you're going, no, God, I'm afraid. But I'm going to put you by the people that are strong, people that you can connect to. See, listen to me. 
I believe this, and y'all can just, whatever. I believe this. As connected as you are to people many times, as connected as you are to God. I know Tracy and I, we we were at Teen Challenge yesterday, and they had an orientation. My son, my fourth son, y'all know, he's in Teen Challenge. We had a drug problem. He's totally been delivered. He's set free. God met him in jail. He had a... He had, a, he had a revelation of the love of God. He, people were just blown away. They got a new piano. He played for 12 hours yesterday, he told me. But here's the deal. They had, he had the guy, the director, was speaking. He's for the state. And he goes, how many of you felt all alone and disconnected? And, you know, when it was all done, Tracy and I looked at each other. And we talked. She goes, Papa. I'm not saying it proud, but I didn't need to lift my hand up. I said, I didn't either. And we started talking. We started rejoicing. We said, you know why? Because we were never alone. And you know why else? Because we told people. We weren't trying to hide. Hello. But see, what happens is when you go through difficulty and you go through pain and you go through things, you think, well, I'm just going to, I don't want to burden someone. But see, when you do that, let me tell you, there's two forms of pride. There's arrogant pride and there's inferior pride. But it's all the same and it stinks. And it's you going, well, I just don't want to, I get this one. I just didn't want to bother you, Pastor Bubba. Well, if you are bothering me, I'll let you know you're bothering me. But until I tell you you're bothering me, you don't need to make that statement. You see, I believe this. See, you know, so when we are connected to community, we can, be, we can be sharpened by others and others sharpen us. And we can sharpen others. The second thing is you need to learn to grow with others. What does that mean, Pastor Bubba? Ephesians 4 and I love Ephesians, and I love chapter 4. It's a great chapter. Ephesians 5, Ephesians 6, is a, I mean, some of my favorite chapters. It says, he makes the whole body fit together perfectly. As each part does its own special work, it helps the other parts grow so that the whole body is healthy and growing and full of love. I know this, that truth unifies and lies divide. Love unifies but selfishness divides. You know, the, the cool thing is this morning is, maybe you noticed, we had a few band members missing this morning. Your Pastor Josh saying they did a great job, didn't they? Okay, so we got several people out of town. But guess what they did? They didn't just go, ooh! It was an opportunity from the, let's step up here and let's grow through this. Let's work this out. And see, I believe that it's the same with the body of Christ. You know, it's just like I believe this is that when we, you know, it's like every person has a special part. And that means when someone's walked out that I believe that God has someone there to step up to whatever they need. Are you hearing me? You see, Paul's talking about maturity in this chapter. He's calling us to help each other mature. I remember as a kid, I would walk by Many times it was called the gifted students, and there was the regular students. You mean talking about? Okay. In school today, we have the gifted classes for students and, that are smarter, quote unquote. I was never invited to those classes. My wife was, but I wasn't. 
I could just walk past and look in, and it made me kind of feel dumb. But I can just say this. My identity is not in that. In the gospel-centered community, there's no separate classes. We're all allowing God to mature us and to grow us. You have as much of God as you want. Can I say that again? You have as much of God as you want. See, a lot of people, you know, if I go to church, I'll get more of God. If I go to church, then this will happen, and then this will happen. If I make this prayer, then this will happen. Listen, it's about you coming to God every day, and you making a path, like that cow makes that path right to that little pond. It's got a drink or that deer, and it's got to make that path, or that goose, or those ducks, and it make that flight pattern every year, north and south. They migrate because they know there's going to be vegetation. There's going to be things that are going to feed them, and there's going to be dangers called hunters and all kinds of other animals going to be there, but that doesn't stop them. They're going there because they're going to get nutrition. They're going to grow. They're going to have what their needs are being met. And see, sometimes some of you are like those ganders that just stay back in Canada and they go, I ain't going. It's too rough. And they die because it's called the chosen frozen. They end up dying in the snow. The elements will kill them. You got to take flight. Hello, anybody with me this morning? You got to take flight. And see, some of us, we're just not taking flight. It's your responsibility as, as you mature, you help people around you. See, to do this, you must remember where you came from. And don't forget who helped you. Those help you grow. Look at me. I'm on a platform that was not built by me. I have the privilege of being on this platform that was built by other people for me to stand on this platform. There are people that have gone before me. My pastor, Pastor Jacob, Pastor Jim, Brother Pastor Kelly Keith, Tony Salerno, Steve Harrison, Gabriel Rosomeno, Tim Klugmakin, Peter Carthorn. Those are all guys. Brian Pugh. I just think of all the guys that went before me. Chris Haynes. They were my friends that were more mature. Daniel Savalas. I think about all that. I could just keep going on and on and on. The people that have been there with me. I stand on what they built for me to stand on. Ultimately, because it was God that was building them. And they reached out to me and began to share with me, you know, just to help me. Does that make sense? I remember one time being in the ministry. And one time, I almost got in a fight with a guy named Grant Bruno. Because we were doing these things, this thing. And he told me, see my button right here? He said, you know what? You need to button your button. Like, I can't even do it, but anyway. Button your button up here. Not quite this one, but I, had, I used to wear like shirts and I'd leave them like this. Because if I thought that I'd button them like this, it was like wintertime. You were cold. Okay, when well, I'm south Louisiana, so it doesn't matter where you button your button, but that's how I always was. I just wear my button like that. And I remember one day he goes, hey, you need to button your button. And I looked at him and there was the devil inside of me. I go, button my button? I mean... I had my devotions that morning. I prayed. God visited me. I spoke in tongues that morning. I mean, it did it all. 
But different tongues were coming out of my mouth. Button my button. And I, something just set me off. Tell me, button my button. Come on, how many you know what I'm talking about? Don't you tell me to button my button. Don't you tell me to, it was, see what was happening is God was trying to cross my will by his will, but he was using somebody else. Are you willing to do even the little things? See, there, there's, there are people every day that are walking away from God because they don't have others in their lives to help them. Just help them grow, get connected. It's so important. Don't be an island. There's people that should be here this morning that aren't here because they're an island and they feel sorry for themselves. Got real quiet. There's sometimes that I just don't understand this. Because sometimes we can be asleep in the light. And we're going, God, where are you? And he goes, he's looking at you going, where are you? Where are you? You've been doing your own thing, and all of a sudden you need me, and it's rescue 911, and you're looking for people to help you, but because you, have connected, you haven't connected, you've stayed alone, you felt sorry for yourself, you didn't do this, you didn't do that, then you wonder why things aren't happening in your life. You're just not connected. Say connected. Here's this challenge. Now that you're growing with others, you can see the need around you and start meeting needs. See, here's the thing. When you become a Christian, I believe this. God not only opens your eyes to him, but he opens your eyes to other people around you. How many of you know that people around you have needs? How many of you know that people around you need God? You know what I pray? Listen to me. I'm going to pray this over you this morning. Lord, I pray misery over everyone until they see the needs of others. Thank you. Amen. What did you happen to you? My pastor prayed misery over me. Here's the third thing. Is learn to serve others. Romans 12, 13. When God's people are in need, be ready to help them. Always be eager to practice hospitality. Hospital means it's a place for hurting people, people that are lonely people that, 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 that come your way. It's a, it, hospitality means practical Christianity. As a pastor, times I find out someone in our church was in need and no one knew about it in time to help them. Can I just, I used to beat myself up. I'll just be honest. I used to beat myself up about that. But I quickly realized that it's hard to help people who are disconnected. You see, you can be in a church and still be disconnected. Listen to me. I want you to hear this. I can never pastor you beyond your permission. I can never pastor you beyond your permission. I can never pastor you to the degree of the openness that you have. I can't pastor you. Does that make sense? Look, I don't want to control anybody's life here. But if you need help, sometimes you just got to let people know. Pastor Josh, myself, Pastor Jamie, Pastor Zach. Sometimes, you know, being a pastor is, is kind of like being a daddy or a mama. And you go, hey, how you doing? And you know how your kids walk in? Doing good. What you been doing? Come over here. Let me. 
Where you been? You smell funny. I remember my son, Matt, went the, the first time he tried to s- smoke a cigarette. Okay? How many of you remember those moments in your life? I mean, don't look at me like, I remember the first time he tried to smoke a cigarette. He walked in the house, and I just happened to be there. And I go, hey, Matt. He goes, oh, hey, Dad. It was like, I could see. He was startled. Huh? I said, hey, come see. He didn't want to come see me, and I got close to him. I go, You've been around some people smoking cigarettes? Oh, no, 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 no. What make you think that? And guilt always speaks up, doesn't it? I said, because you smell like a pack. And in fact, I used to smoke, and I know what cigarette smoke is. Let me smell your breath. Oh, Dad, you don't need to smell my breath. And I go... You've been smoking. No, Dad, I promise. I swear. That's where you're looking at. You're a liar and your breath stinks. He got real later. You see, you can be in church and still be disconnected. Just like our physical bodies. If something is lacking, if something's hurting, if something's broken, it sends signals to your head. And if you're connected to the body, when things go wrong, the signals go to the head and the needs can be met. Does that make sense? See, we're also, we're, we, we also have to be eager, in, 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 which means we have to look for opportunities to help people that are in need. If it's physical need, a mental need, an emotional need, a spiritual need. Pursuing, that's where it says pursuing hospitality. It's going after people. I love the, love the scripture. I started thinking about the scripture in, in Hebrews 13 too. It says this more. It says, don't forget to show hospitality to strangers. For some who you have done this have entertained angels without realizing it. You just never know. I've had some crazy wild things happen in my life before. And, and then like, that person was there, then they were gone. And I'm like, was that an angel? What was I just entertaining? What was going on? See, this is why it's so important to be growing and maturing in Christ. We need help knowing when others need help. How many of you, know, you say, sometimes I'm just dumb, Pastor. I just don't know. I don't see the needs around me. Then if you don't see the needs around you, get your eyes off yourself. You want to get your needs met? Get your eyes on other people. Sometimes we got our eyes so much on ourselves, we can't even see God. Much less see other people's needs. Because we have our eyes just on ourselves. Take that how you want. Now that we are serving one another, the body is becoming healthier and stronger to go and to reach the lost world. Here's the last thing. I'm going to wrap it up. Go get others. Matthew says it like this. Go make disciples. That word go means as you're going. Whatever you're going to, if you're going to work, as you're going to your family, if you're going to a function, as you're going to the gas station, as you're going, wherever you're going, be ready to make disciples. Disciples are not born. Disciples are made. Disciples are people that are disciplined learners. Also, it says, love your neighbor as yourself. How many of you love yourself? Come on, I love... 
I used to have a friend, he used to work for Emeril Lagasse, and he's actually the guy, Steve Farmer was the guy that taught Emeril Lagasse to kiss himself. And Steve, he said, Baba, it's so good. I can't believe I made it. So good. I just love myself. When's the last time you made out with yourself? Some of you need to stop doing it. When your physical body's healthy and strong, you can do more because you feel better and your stamina is stronger. So it's with the church. The body, the body, that's you and me. We can reach more lost people, make more disciples, love neighbors better, and be the hands and the feet of Jesus if we're just at a place of health. You know, when I think of health, I think about, you know, just people that I've seen that have, have lost their health, that have been in struggling with their health. Hey, I tell you what, being, getting older, it sucks. Man, things I used to do, I mean, I was watching them play football yesterday, and I said, I can do that. Thinking, in my mind. Then I think, if I go out there and run with those 20-year-olds, 20, 20 that could kill me. In my mind, I can still do stuff. I mean, I broke a rib the other day. I mean, I just can't. I'm, sometimes I feel like I'm the goofiest person in the world. If I was reaching over my console in my truck to grab a set of keys to get in the door because they, it was a lunch break and the guys locked the door. And so I was going to get my keys. And when I stretched out, I felt it just, just gave out. And I go, man, this sucks. My bones are rebelling. You know? I mean, when I, when I was going through cancer treatment, I'm thinking, I'm too young to be in here, man. So I met a nine-year-old girl. And God sustained me through that. I know because I was just dependent upon him. And the body of Christ was there to encourage me, to help me through my storm. For many of you, the question is, if you're in a storm, who are the tent pegs holding you up? Is the wind's blowing hard in your storm. See, the community is all about not just seeing the needs that you have, but seeing the needs of others is important or more important than your own needs. And then knowing that Christ, as you step in in that circumstance, that Christ can touch that person wherever they're at and that God can use you. You can be his hands. You can be his feet. You can be his mouthpiece. You can just be him. People are reminded, you know what? Hey, they just love me enough to be there. We had someone in our church who was in the hospital this week and I went to go pray for him and I asked him, do you remember me praying for you? He go, oh, I, asked, I asked my husband, he said, he said, I thought he was here. It didn't matter. It was just, but they were half asleep and they were, going, oh, well, they were praying with me. I'm going to do other spirits, right? Here's the thing. We really need each other. We need to be connected to the head, and that's Jesus. It's not about all the things we need. The greatest need we have is Jesus. I need Jesus. I need him more than I needed him yesterday. Amen? How about you? 
You know, sometimes we say, we start with Jesus, and sometimes we just leave him kind of in the corner, and we go do our own thing, and then we go, oh, it's getting rough. Jesus, come. You know, it's, it's kind of like that old thing, take him wherever you go. What is that, American Express? Okay, take Jesus wherever you go. Don't leave home without him. And see, the head, Jesus tells the body where to go, how to go, when to go, what to go do. And here's the last thing. I just wanted to, the gospel-centered community is full of one another's. What do you mean? Love one another. Fellowship with one another. Some people go, well, I have enough fellows in my ship. I don't need more fellowship. Fellowship, that means get to know people. Forgive one another. How many of you know for the rest of your life you're going to have to forgive somebody at least once a week? Okay, let me ask you a question. How many of you had to forgive someone or had to pray they forgive someone? I had to this morning. The devil will come and speak to you about insecurities that you have, and then he wants to put something inside your heart towards someone else, and you have to, sometimes you have to do a little bit of inventory. Well, why is that here? Who put that there? God, I know these thoughts are coming, but I'm not going to sit on that and make a camp out of here and build a home on that. God, I forgive them. They don't, that Jesus said, forgive them for they know not what, what? What they do. Sometimes people don't even know what they're doing. And sometimes you just got to release them. Accept one another. Serve one another. Wait, wait, let me go back. Accept one another. Hey, that's where you love people, but you don't accept sometimes lifestyle or the choices that they make, but you accept them as a person knowing that God loves them and God wants to set them free. Amen? You love them. You don't condemn them. You love them. Listen, how many of you know that sometimes when you, sometimes what people see the Christians is that what we represent, we're always mad about something. When's the last time we just loved people? Just loved them, even though we were mad. The Bible says... You know, be angry, but it says this, but sin not. Serve one another. Teach one another. Be patient with one another. Whoo! Come on, go on a trip with your spouse. Don't start preaching me back to me. Be patient with one another. You know, bear one another's burdens. Pray for one another. Submit to one another. Encourage one another. Build one another up. Let me just read this final scripture. So now I give you a new commandment. This is Jesus. Love each other. Just as I have loved you, you should love each other. Your love for one another will prove to the world that you are my disciples. Our love for one another glorifies God. You know what people need to see in this city, in this region? People that just love one another. People that just love one another. People that are loyal. People that are there. Here's a question. Are you connected? You connected to Jesus? Are you growing in your faith? Are you serving as God's called you to do? whatever he's called you to do. I'm not going to put my thumb on you and tell you what you need to do. I've tried to do that a few times in my life, and it doesn't work. People have to find their God-given passion. 
Whatever you're passionate about. And I love some people, they're just passionate about art. But using it for God's kingdom can do great things. My little girl's like a little artist. She's like a delicate flower petal. You know what I'm saying? And I believe this. When you come to know God, it's like a little bird in your hands. I mean, ever catch a little bird? And you just kind of look at it and you're just like, what's it going to do? Sometimes you want to go, fly! And other times you go, he'd be good to eat if I just feed him a little bit. For the most part, it's like God takes us as like little birds. And he's just holding us and waiting for us to take flight. Amen? And sometimes he has to go. And sometimes we, we fall and then he goes, come on, come on. And he shoes us up. And sometimes he puts people in our life to make us fly. Hello. And you know what? Sometimes God puts people in a package that you don't like. But it's him. Sometimes we go, God, I want to grow. God goes, good. I got the perfect donkey in your life coming your way. Just as stubborn and mule-headed as you are. And then we go, golly. We start seeing them. We go, man, I need to pray for them. And then all of a sudden God goes, you're just like them. And go, oh, Lord, I need someone to pray for me. Are you going after God? Are you going after a relationship with him? Are you? Are you connected? Are you growing? Are you serving what God wants you to do? Are you going after people that he wants you to go after? If anything, I can just say that God's doing in my life is just going after people. What does that mean? It means love them. I'm a hunter. I'm an outdoorsman. And the thing that I've learned is like, if I don't prepare my blind right and I don't get the right decoys and I don't prepare myself and work up, brush up on the, my call, brush up on the things that I need to do, that I'm just not going to get what I hope to go out there and get. Are you hearing me? But if I do everything, it's like a woman. If she knows there's a cell and it's at between certain such hours, her car's got gas. She might have had an oil change even. Her purse is ready with the coupon in it. Because no one's going to rip her off. And it says before the hours are such that she's there. Come on, ladies. And you saw that cute little picture. Thing. I'm going to be the first one to get that little blouse. So what do you do? You get prepared. You get ready. You park early. You get, and then you start seeing people get out. You get out with them. Come on. And sometimes you want to throw an elbow in there, but you know, you're a Christian. You can't be doing that. Hey, it's a different, it's the same, but it's different. Here's the thing. God's called us to love people. God's called us to love one another. Here's the question. Are you loving others? Are you going after others? When you love someone, you go after them. How do you know? Because God came after you. He looked at you and he saw your circumstances and he's going, going after you. I've heard people compare the Holy Spirit like a hound dog. 
we'll get your sin. No, he's not like that. He just comes, he shows up. He already got your sin. He knows where you're going. He's going to show up. He's going to show up in your circumstance. He's going to show up in your life. You could be at the worst state of your mind. I remember, listen, when I, when I got saved and I backslid one time, I went to go visit my friends to tell them about Jesus. I'm, I'm just saying, and I went there and they were smoking dope and they were snorting some stuff. And they, they went around the circle a couple of times and go, oh, Bubba, you don't need to, and me, you don't need to, you know, tell us, oh, yeah, you gave us that Jesus thing. And they go, oh, I mean, you just tried some good stuff. And I'm, no, no. We went about four rounds and I got a little nose hit. And then I remember about the fourth or fifth round, I took that and I just went, And I got high. And I remember leaving, going, God, I love you. I, want to, I just got out of that. And I remember going to my pastor and telling him. And I remember him saying, I don't think less of you. I think more of you because you came. Now, that was 34 years ago. I'm not hitting it. There's a few times I've been depressed in life. I thought about it. Some of the people I've had to deal with, you might need something. But I serve the most high. Amen? Amen. Just bow your heads and close your eyes. Father, I thank you so much. Father, for all that you're doing and all that, that, God, you're speaking to our hearts. And I thank you for everyone that's here this morning. God, that you love them. You love them. They wouldn't be here if you didn't love them. And they wouldn't be here if they didn't love you. Or they wouldn't be at a place they would be here that they're not reaching out toward you to find your love, your power, your forgiveness. We're not here to point fingers at anyone. We're just here to say, God, have your way. Because, Lord, our greatest desire is that we want to honor you. We want to please you. Just like if, if the parents that are in here, all they want is their children just to simply obey and just how much life would be how much easier it'd be and so father i thank you holy spirit that you're here this morning and you're speaking to us lord thank you that you've given us example god what you modeled really matters and you modeled community through your disciples you modeled as even when you left you sent them you didn't send them out one by one you sent them about twos and threes they would always have Someone there to encourage, to lift up, to be there. Help us to rise up to be that community of believers at our Savior's church. My Father, I pray for those that maybe are at a place that they came up and got prayed, but they know they're just at a place they just, they want to have that love relationship with you. They felt like they've been on an island and they just need to stop that. And say, God, I, I want more of you. And Lord, that means that we just, we go in a heavy, we just pursue you. And Father, I'm reminded of the scripture, if you deny me, if you deny me, if you deny me among men, I'll deny you before my father who lives in heaven. Father, we don't want to deny you. We want to honor you. We want to serve you. We don't want to have some kind of religious distasteful thing that the world sees. We just want to be genuine Christians that love you. We don't want religion. We want you. 
We want your word to fill our hearts. We want to be a living epistle to this world. I just pray it and thank you for that. In Jesus' name, if you need someone just to pray for you this morning, these altars are open as we're going to come to a conclusion, but these altars are open for you to come. If you need to talk to someone, you can grab me, grab Pastor Josh or someone that you respect here in this church and say, hey, can you just pray for me? Because that's what we're here for. This is the body of Christ. This isn't the body of Bubba McCann. This is the body of Christ. Are you hearing me? And he knows your needs even before you tell someone. He's just been waiting. You ever had that built up in you when you were a kid and you just say, I got to tell somebody? And you, you, you know, and you just, and like you ever have your kids just do something, they hold it in, hold it in, and all of a sudden they go, I did it. Sometimes we just got to come to that point saying, God, here I am. I need you. And I did it, but I don't want to do that again. Amen? Amen. Amen. Pastor Josh. Amen. Let's give it up for the word of the Lord today. You know, we have a core value here in our church to grow with others, connecting with Christ, and then our second one is growing with others. And most people don't realize that it's hard to connect with Christ when you're not growing with others. God's never called you to connect with him without other people. That's why there's so many one another's in the Bible. And um, one of the things that we realize is how good of relationships we have whenever the days are dark. You ever notice that? You find out what true friends you really have when you walk through the darkest days. And what ends up happening is for people who've walked alone for so long, when the dark day comes, they try to microwave relationships and they wonder why nobody's there. And so